0: Welcome to this weekly audio digest edition of Inside Soap from the 29th of February to the 6th of March 2020. Read by volunteers at Cure and Review Print Speaking for the Blind. Recorded at our studios
1: at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre. Neighbours.
0: Coronation Street.
1: Holyoaks. EastEnders. Casualty. Home and away. Emmerdale. Doctors. Number 9. From the 29th to the 6th of March. 2020. Neighbours, Channel 5 Monday. Here comes the brides. Mark comes face to face with two of his exes. Mark is shocked this week when he spots his ex fiance Paige and ex wife Ellie in front of the Laster's Hotel, and they're both dressed as brides. In the hope of boosting ticket sales for the forthcoming Laster's Wedding Expo, Therese asks Paige if she'll help her attract interest in the function. Paige happily volunteers and ends up donning the gown she wore to her wedding to Mark to hand out flowers for the event. Meanwhile, Chloe asks Ellie to do the same and both of Mark's exes find themselves working together in the bridal gear they wore to marry him. So as Mark turns the corner with Aaron and David, he's stunned to spot one of the women he's walked down the aisle with before spying the other former flame, who he arrested on their wedding day, standing in front of him. Despite his initial alarm at the shocking sighting, could the vision of Ellie and Paige dressed in their old bridal outfits again reignite a romantic spark for Mark?
0: Coronation Street, ITV Monday. Sarah and Adam tie the knot. But as the groom plots to destroy Gary, will they live happily ever after? The Barlow and Platt families come together this week for what is arguably the street wedding of the year as Adam makes Sarah his wife in a gorgeous fairy tale ceremony. However, with the bride and her daughter Bethany at loggerheads and scheming groom Adam taking every opportunity to rub salt in the wounds of Sarah's former fiancé, Gary, the road to the swanky hotel venue for their marriage is anything but smooth. This is Weatherfield, so there will always be drama whenever anyone ties the knot, scoffs or cobbles inside her. However, in the grand scheme of soap weddings, Sarah and Adam get off pretty lightly. The massive smiles on their faces see it all. Although at the start of the week, Sarah is anything but the beaming bride-to-be as she continues to quarrel with Bethany, while also conscious that her daughter's dramas could spill over into the wedding day itself. Bethany's relationship with Adam's uncle and best man Daniel hasn't won them many friends on the street, with his late wife Sinead's Aunt Beth publicly shaming the pair at every opportunity, sighs our source. Sarah's primary concern, of course, is that Bethany is making a huge mistake getting involved with a man who has just buried his wife. However, there is the added fear that another row could kick off during Sarah and Adam's nuptials, given that Bethany and Daniel are key members of the bridal party, and half the street is on the guest list. Daniel can not forget his best man's speech if goby Beth ends up getting a hold of the microphone. In the hours leading up to the service, Sarah is heartbroken knowing that she and Bethany are in such bad terms. Adam is unable to stomach seeing his fiancee so unhappy and heroically steps in to calm Sarah down. Thankfully, the bond that mother and daughter share is too strong to be broken by the stress of the past few weeks, and Sarah and Bethany reunite in time for Bethany to slip on her chief bridesmaid's dress. Hotshot solicitor Adam has spared no expense on the 1920s themed wedding, grins our sneak. Sarah, who is flanked by Bethany, little bridesmaid Lily, and pageboy Harry, when brothers Nick and David walk her down the aisle, looks absolutely breathtaking in a flapper-style frock topped off beautifully with a feathered shawl and sparkly headband. Adam's a lucky man. After exchanging their vows in a romantic ceremony, the new Mr and Mrs Barlow seal the deal with a passionate kiss. However, before whisking his new wife away from gloomy Weatherfield to an exotic location, Adam begins married life by channelling his energy into making Gary's life a misery, setting off a cataclysmic chain of events for him, Maria and Ali. Could the honeymoon be over even before it has begun? Kicking up a stink, star Tina O'Brien, who plays Sarah, skirts around the truth of her alter ego's gorgeous gown. Sarah's marriage to Adam isn't actress Tina O'Brien's, Sarah's, first soap wedding, with her character having tied the knot to Jason Grimshaw back in 2007. On both occasions, the bride looks stunning, although Tina confesses that her TV nuptials are never as glamorous as they look. You're wearing the dress for a long time, so it can get a bit smelly, confesses the actress, who in real life wed husband Adam Croft on New Year's Eve in 2018. By day four, you're like, is that me that I can smell in my dress? The costume department will kill me for saying that. Coronation Street, ITV Wednesday. Bethany leaves the street after Daniel proposes, but will he go with her? After weeks of being treated like a pariah over his relationship with Bethany, Daniel is determined to prove that he's in love by popping the question. But as Daniel makes his public grand gesture, hollering up to Bethany's window while he kneels on the cobbles below, she realises that he is proposing with his late wife Sinead's wedding ring. Bethany is very confused because Daniel is really drunk, reveals star Lucy Fallon, who plays her. He is slurring his words and can't properly stand up. It's a Romeo and Juliet kind of moment with Bethany up high on a balcony, although really she's just hanging out of the window. But after Bethany realises the significance of the ring, and then Daniel calls her by Sinead's name, she is completely devastated. The crushing reality of knowing that Daniel isn't over Sinead, and won't be for a long time yet, It's home for Bethany as she resolves to leave the street and accept her magazine internship in London. When the day comes, she is 100% ready to leave, Lucy tells us. Everything that has happened recently, and everything that has gone on in Bethany's past, cements in her mind that there is no reason for her to stay. She needs to go and do this job in London, grab the opportunity and see what happens. So when Bethany says her goodbyes to her family and friends, how will Daniel react? Coronation Street ITV Friday. Adam tells Gary Maria cheated. He takes great delight in spilling the beans on Dr Ali's special examination. Hot on the heels of his ex Sarah's marriage, Gary tells Maria this week that they should set a date for their own nuptials. However, just as the pair excitedly look to the future, Adam knocks the wind out of Gary's sails by revealing all to Maria's furious fiancée about the afternoon delight she shared with Dr Ali on Valentine's Day. The ink has barely had time to dry on Adam and Sarah's wedding certificate when he takes pleasure in revealing the scandalous truth of Maria's fling, frowns our cobble source. Seeing Sarah go ahead and marry Adam has to sting for Gary, who secretly probably still holds a torch for her deep down. So after Gary commits to Maria and then learns that she has been unfaithful, it is doubly hurtful. Maria regretted her reunion with Ali once it transpired that Gary had secretly been planning to propose, and has since told the disheartened Doc to keep his distance. But when Adam realises something could be going on between the pair, he makes it his mission to get the truth out of Ali. Adam tricks Ali into telling all, and assures him that his secret is safe, reveals her spy. Yet that couldn't be further from the truth, as he delights in informing Gary what his wife-to-be was up, up to on Valentine's Day. The irony of Gary's situation is that he's turned over a new leaf, and prior to learning about Maria and Ali, rejects an offer to join forces with his old deck-collecting buddy Sharon when they bump into one another. Meanwhile, Maria waits for Gary and the Rovers to toast their engagement as he hunts down Ryan, demanding to know if anything is going on between Maria and Ali. Ryan insists that Adam is telling a pack of lies, before finding Ali and warning him that he's just saved his skin. However, when Gary eventually joins oblivious and tipsy Maria in the pub, he is quietly seething, and later puts in a call to Sharon offering her loan shark Rick Nealon's old client list in return for a favour. What sort of awful revenge is Gary cooking up for Ali and Maria?
2: Remember, this weekly digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts for free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and weekly digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme.
0: Inside Gossip Corey, Dr Ali clocks off. James Burroughs departs. Maria's love triangle in Corrie will reach a thrilling conclusion when Dr Ali blasts out of Weatherfield. Our fiancé Gary is set to learn this week that the exes slept together on Valentine's Day and his discovery will lead to a dramatic exit for Ali. Meanwhile star James Burrows is bidding farewell to the Cobbles after two years in the role. I've had a great time on Corrie, he says. It's a brilliant show to have been a part of and I've made lifelong friends. I'm not allowed to say how Ali leaves but it's exciting. I handed in my notice as I wanted to go back into the TV drama side of things and I'm in talks with a few people, adds James, whose previous acting credits include shows such as Mount Pleasant and Happy Valley, as well as Hit Movie, Fighting With My Family last year. I miss the creative side of things and would love to go back to that. It's exciting times. James took over the role of Michelle Connor's estranged biological son in 2018 after Ali began working as a trainee GP at the local medical centre. He has already filmed his final scenes and Ali's exit will air next month. The street's new body, Ray is gunning for trouble, but who will be his next target? Corrie bosses are lining up Bistro boss Ray to take over as the show's new villain. It'll turn out that the sleazy tycoon has an ulterior motive for being on the cobbles and taking over the local businesses. And he has a particular target. Ray might be discounted by the audience as someone who is going to disappear soon, but he's the new baddie on the block, shares our Corey Insider. After his indecent proposal to Abby, Ray blackmails Kevin into selling him the garage, meaning that he now owns two premises on the street. This is just the beginning as he becomes a destructive force on the cobbles. Ray is around for the long haul, and he's going to ruffle many more feathers going forward. So just what is Ray's interest in Weatherfield? He will soon unveil the New Look Bistro and will be Kev's landlord. But why is he so interested in the lives of the locals? Coronation Street ITV Wednesday. Jade makes a pass at Tyrone. She's trying to steal Fizz's man. Tyrone is left stunned and horrified this week when wicked Jade attempts to plant a kiss on him. She believes that he's the key to her having more contact with Hope, but a misunderstood moment sees Jade make an awful mistake. She's desperate to see her little sister and goes to beg Tyrone to give her access to Hope. He isn't keen, yet feels bad when he sees how upset she is. However, Jade totally misreads his kindness for more. Let's just say that Fizz is going to hit the roof when she discovers what Jade has been up to, warns our Cory insider. Ty is completely innocent in this, he was just trying to show Jade some compassion. The kiss comes out of left field for him and he's horrified that Jade would think he was interested in her. Ty is committed to Fizz and would never think of Jade that way. The misunderstanding comes when Jade explains it's her birthday and Hope asks to get her a present. Feeling sorry for lonely Jade, Tyrone agrees to facilitate a visit and buys a cheap bracelet for Hope to give to her big sister. The problem arises when Jade quizzes Hope about the trinket and the little girl tells her that Ty picked it out. Although what she says is true, Tyrone was only trying to do a nice thing for Hope because she'd begged him to. He didn't mean to send any quoted message to Jade about having feelings for her. Following Jade's pass at him, Tyrone is determined to put her straight. He follows her out to Victoria Gardens and explains that he doesn't love her and that he and Fizz are rock solid together. Fizz soon catches up with them and she's spitting feathers. Could there be more violence? Burrini Street ITV Monday. Don't leave me, Yasmin. Jeff's manipulation continues. Distraught Jeff begs Yasmin to stand by him this week as Alia gets ever closer to learning the truth about his abusive behaviour. She heads over to number six to confront Jeff and demands to know why Yasmin was heard, overheard sobbing in the garden. He's rattled and evasive, so Alia eventually catches up with her gran and persuades her to go for a walk together. When Jeff arrives home to an empty house, he's certain that Yasmin has left him and breaks down. If only Yasmin were ready to pack her bags and get the hell away from him, shares her cobble insider. Instead, she returns home and finds him in a terrible state. Yasmin doesn't understand why Jeff thinks she was about to leave him, but she's quick to reassure him that she's not going anywhere. What's it going to take for her to break free? Following his meltdown, Jeff is soon back to his old tricks, as he continues his online campaign of abuse against Alia. But when she incorrectly assumes that shamed ex-boss Ray is behind it, Jeff starts to worry. There are ways for Alia to find out who posted the nasty comments, and Jeff's terrified she'll find out who he was responsible so he attempts to convince the enraged businesswoman that she needs to rise above it and ignore the abuse. Will Alia take his advice, or will her digging lead her to the truth about Jeff and his wicked ways? Coronation Street ITV Friday. Bats that! Nina's keen to spread her wings with Roy. Carla is keen to help Roy's niece Nina feel at home in the cobbles this week. However, as Carla reaches out, she's taken aback by the teen's reaction. After overhearing Simon, Amy and Asha talking about a gig in town, Carla asks the youngsters to invite Nina along. However, Nina has got wind of Roy's plan to go bat-watching that night, so when Carla tells her about the concert, she's stunned as Nina reveals that she would much rather go out with Roy instead. Of course, Roy is more than happy to have his relative accompany him on his quest, and as the pair await the creepy creatures in a derelict building later on that evening, Nina and Roy discover they have more in common than they thought. Has Roy made a breakthrough in bonding with his young charge? Coronation Street ITV Friday. What a street heart. The Baileys unite to celebrate Aggie this week after they discover that she has won the Weatherfield Golden Heart Prize for her brave efforts to save gunshot victim Robert on Christmas Day. The news is perfectly timed following Aggie's recent return to nursing and her family couldn't be happier when she assures them that her first shift back has gone well. But as the clan gathers in the rovers and raises a glass to Aggie, can Ed and James put aside their differences and play happy families?
2: Visually impaired people are being invited to see if they are eligible for a free, specially adapted radio from a charity. The British Wireless for the Blind Fund, BWBF, provides the equipment to those with sight loss around the UK who meet its criteria. Radio is a lifeline to those who are blind and partially sighted, providing companionship and helping them to keep in touch with what's going on in the world, as well as in the local community. BWBF offers equipment free of charge to those who have sight loss and are in receipt of a means-tested benefit. BWBF is launching its Reaching Out campaign to try and increase awareness about their equipment and help more people who are blind and partially sighted. Our regional development manager, Sophie Weldon, said, Our radios are designed so that a person with sight loss can use them easily and independently. All equipment is delivered to the home by a volunteer who sets it all up and provides support in using it. We offer a range of equipment, digital radios, CD players, memory stick players, internet radio and even a specially designed app. Our radios are vital to someone who cannot see. They provide news, information and entertainment, but also more importantly companionship and a friendly service. If you or someone you know is interested in a BWBF radio, please contact Sophie Weldon at sophie at blind.org.uk, that is S-O-P-H-I-E at blin or phone 01283-790-208, that's 01283-790-208, or on 7540 724063. That is 07540 724063. To find out more about the British Wireless for the Blind Fund, follow us on Twitter at British Wireless, like us on Facebook or go to blind.org.uk. Now, back to the main programme.
0: Coronation Street ITV Friday. The big interview. I am really going to miss Bethany. As her alter ego waves goodbye to Weatherfield, Lucy Fallon reflects on the soap role that changed her life. When Lucy Fallon arrived on the Cobbles to play Bethany, the then 20-year-old was a novice, taking over the role of Sarah's daughter at the 11th hour after the original actress who won the part was forced to drop out. That's easy to forget considering Lucy leaves the street just four years later as one of its brightest talents, with many awards on her mantelpiece, most notably for the show's grooming storyline in which Bethany was sexually abused. Lucy's time on the show has been an incredible journey and one that she will never forget. I couldn't have asked for a better role, Beams the Star, as she joins Inside Soap for the final time to reflect on five fab years as Bethany. I was trusted with hard-hitting stories and I'm grateful for that. I think it'd be really sad if Bethany was killed or if something horrendous has happened to make her leave, adds Lucy. After all that's happened, it's nice that Bethany is leaving because of a decision she has made for herself. We take the opportunity to wish Lucy all the best as she heads out into the big wide world of acting but not before taking a trip down memory lane to reminisce over some of Bethany's best bits. Street Memories Lucy looks back fondly on her time spent playing Cory's Bethany Platt. What's my line? I remember my first scene was in the salon with Sue Nichols, who plays Audrey, and Samia Longchambon, who plays Maria, says Lucy. I don't remember my first line, but I remember I had to say the name Anna Karenina, pronounced Karenina, and I said... Karen Ninana. I was really embarrassed as they had to correct me. Everyone was very nice but all day I was thinking this is the worst thing that could have possibly happened. Family fortunes. It's tough to choose but the people I've enjoyed working with most are my on-screen family, the Platts, beams Lucy. I started my time at Coronation Street with them and en- ended my time here with all of those actors as well. My journey wouldn't have been the same if I wasn't with them. They're like a second family to me, and when I was leaving, Ben Price, who plays Nick, said to me, we will always be here, which was just really nice. I would have loved some more scenes with Kate Ford, who plays Tracy, continues Lucy grinning. She and Bethany could have become an evil double act. Top of the plots. The plot that I'm most proud of is Bethany's grooming storyline because of how important it was, reflects Lucy. It helped and encouraged people to open up about things that they might not have felt they could talk about, Not so long ago, someone messaged me to say that between the ages of 10 and 21, they had been abused. As they were watching the plot play out, they realised that's what was happening to them. Now their abuser has been jailed for 17 years. Bethany takes the stand. The court scenes towards the end of the grooming plot were the most challenging as they were so emotional, explains Lucy. There were a lot of people there and I had a lot to say. Even during rehearsals, I got upset reading my lines. Girl on Fire. My most memorable moment to film has to be when Bethany smashed up the Platt House, exclaims Lucy. Although it was amidst the emotional grooming storyline and I was crying and screaming, it was really fun to play because I just let go, went crazy, and smashed everything. Sometimes there are scenes where the director will go through with you what the character is feeling, but this was left up to me to go for it, adds the star. There was Jack P. Shepard, who plays David, Tina O'Brien, who plays Sarah and Mikey North, who plays Gary, in the scene, and they were all like, where did that come from? It felt good. That's a wrap. From the set, I have taken a mug with Bethany's name on, a couple of dresses, and Bethany's coat, laughs Lucy, whose real-life family joined her for her last day on set. When we were on our last week of filming, I began to feel as if I was going to miss her. It's easy for me to come to Corrie and be Bethany, as I can switch to her easily. She is my alter ego. Bethany will always be there.
1: Inside Soap, issue number 9, from the 29th of February to the 6th of March, 2020. Holyoaks, Channel 4, Thursday. What's up, Daz? Darren continues to suffer with depression this week, but will anyone clock that something's wrong? After Darren organises a comedy lunch at The Hutch, yet fails to advertise it, He's forced to work overtime to make it a success, and later in the week, he finds himself on the receiving end of Nancy's wrath when he forgets to pick Oscar up from school. Jack picks up on his son's manic behaviour and attempts to find out what's behind it. Will Darren confide in him? Inside Soap, issue number 9, from the 29th of February to the 6th of March, 2020. Holyoaks Channel 4, Thursday Family Matters Toby vows to find out which of the Davernos gave him away as a baby this week and he and Celeste think Lisa is the key. After realising Lisa's dad Louis was bumped off at the hands of Brendan McQueen, the pair decide to use this gruesome detail to their advantage. So as they stage an argument to get Lisa's attention, Toby is delighted to discover that she's upset because of a reminder of her dad and swoops in to offer her a shoulder to cry on. But does Lisa possess the information that Toby is so
0: desperately looking for? EastEnders, BBC One, Monday. Blame and shame in Walford. Will Sharon find out what caused the death of her beloved son? The residents of the square do their best to return to normal this week following the horrors of the boat party, but it's clear that lives have been changed forever by the events of that night. As shattered Sharon prepares for the funeral of her son, she's blaming herself for his death, but little does she realise quite how deeply her supposed friends and family were involved in the tragedy. And as Ian struggles to keep his own secrets, the truth is revealed in the form of an incriminating voicemail. A Mother's Nightmare it's no surprise that Sharon has gone to pieces, sighs our Walford source. She's led a life beset by tragedy and thought that she had already lived through the worst imaginable grief. But nothing compares with her, with losing her Dennis. And this is the immediate aftermath of a traumatic childbirth. She's in the worst place she's ever been. A large part of Sharon's agony stems from the fact that she holds herself responsible for Dennis's death. If only she'd been more focused on him, she thinks. If only she hadn't been caught up in her affair with Keanu. So now, when Sharon looks at her new baby, she sees only a reminder of her mistakes. A reminder that she herself started the chain of events that led to Dennis being on that ill-fated boat. Sharon's lack of interest in her new child is noticed by Linda, who offers to take care of the baby as a distraction from her own problems. Meanwhile, Kathy and Ian, whom Sharon has been living with, notice how badly she is struggling although Ian, of course, is trapped by his own crushing guilt. Ian's Shame Only a few people know what Ian, that Ian was gunning for Dennis on the night of his death and as the week begins it's clear that Ian's son Peter holds his dad responsible for the tragedy. Peter's giving Ian the cold shoulder for sure, says our spy, but after talking to Bobby and Dotty about the online bullying that had set Dennis and Ian on the collision course, Peter agrees to hear Ian's side of the story. However, it's Dottie herself that Ian has most reason to fear. She knows how angry Ian was that night, and this week hears a damning voicemail left by Dennis pleading for Ian to let him out of the locked room. As far as Dottie is concerned, this is proof that Ian killed Dennis, notes our insider. It's incendiary information. Imagine the way she might use this to her advantage. Remember that this is Nick Cotton's daughter we're talking about. Where's Phil? One person who seems to have gone completely to ground since the accident is Phil, and with good reason. After all, it was his fight with Keanu in the wheelhouse of the boat that caused the crash, and Dennis's death. This responsibility will weigh heavily on Phil's conscience, muses ermol After all, it was one of Phil's feuds that also led to the death of Dennis' father, a secret that Phil kept from Sharon for many years. The same guilt will also fall on Ben's shoulders. His kidnapping of Sharon just before she went into labour stopped her from leaving with Dennis, leading to the boy joining the boat party. So as Sharon struggles to come to terms with what's happened, she will eventually emerge from her grief in search of someone to blame for Dennis's death. How will she feel when she learns that her husband, her best friend, and the boy she once thought of as a son are all responsible? Why Dennis had to die? We ask the EastEnders bosses how they chose their latest victim. Kate Oates, head of Continuing Drama BBC, and John Sen, EastEnders executive producer, talked us through the planning of Walford's most shocking death in years. So, the big question, why poor Dennis? Kate answers, The main thing you want from any soap, any drama, is consequences. And that's what comes out of Dennis's death. It's about where the story goes next, and the people who are left behind. The of story conference room is a vibrant place and we discussed lots of different options, but we knew in our hearts that this was the twist that would power us through months of future story. It has an epic Greek tragedy feel to it. John answers, As Kate says, I think in retrospect there was only one candidate who could generate the type of story we wanted to tell going forward. How did Blue Landau react when you told him that his character was going to die? John answers, Professionally, he was incredibly excited to be at the heart of such a big week. Whenever you're talking to an actor about a story like this, they want to know how big the story is going to be and they're always excited to go out on something as adrenaline-fuelled and moving as this. What will life be like in Walford for the survivors? Kate answers, The whole point of a disaster of this magnitude is that it has a huge impact. If you can imagine a real community facing this, it would have long-standing repercussions. There will be consequences of this story in a year to come and we know where it's going. That's one of the joys of how we're all working together as a team on EastEnders at the moment. We feel as if we have a real clarity, knowing where we're going with these characters in the long term. The boat tragedy will have hard-hitting inside consequences. Consequences gossip. For a lot EastEnders. People. I've quit EastEnders. June Brown says Dot won't return. The celebrations for walford's 35th anniversary have been blown out of the water by the news that actress june brown who has played dot since 1985 has left the soap for good the 93 year old actress who is not currently on screen after dot decided to visit family in ireland has announced that she has no intention of going back i've sent dot off to ireland where she'll stay explains june who appeared to be back in the square fold when dot arrived home with her granddaughter dotty last year only to leave again a few weeks ago after Martin told Dot he'd stolen from her bank account. I went back to do a good story, and when I got back, it had gone up in smoke. I will never go back. June's remarks appear to have baffled Walford's bosses, with insiders saying that the Star's dressing room and all of its contents are still there. As far as EastEnders is concerned, the door remains open for June, as it always has if the story arises and she wishes to take part, explains a spokesperson. Please stay, June. EastEnders BBC One Monday, Tiff and Keegan's horror. A great day turns sour as Keegan is wrongly arrested. Keegan is handcuffed and dragged away by police this week after he and Tiff are victims of a burglary and Keegan ends up mistakenly collared as a culprit. The horrifying incident happens when he and wife Tiffany return home to their flat and disturb a burglar who violently pushes Tiffany out of the way. Furious, Keegan starts scuffling with the mystery man, but as the police arrive, the intruder is gone and they arrest Keegan instead of the burglar. This is a grotesque act of racism and Keegan is so angry he can hardly contain himself, explains our Walford insider. Keegan has had to deal with repeated incidents of stop and search over the past few months and he knows that his race is why the police keep apprehending him. But for them to ignore the facts this time and put the handcuffs on him is too much for Keegan to bear. The injustice is appalling. Tiffany is shocked as the events unfold in front of her. She knows that Keegan has been stopped of late and that the police encounters have troubled him. But as a white woman, Tiff hasn't experienced the racism that people of colour often have to deal with. She's devastated for Keegan, who had been full of joy following a family lunch at the Atkins house. After Ikra revealed that Uncle Masood had given them his van, Keegan had grand plans for what it could mean for their business. They'd even got as far as thinking about applying for a business loan to grow their company quicker. But in the aftermath of the arrest, Keegan feels as if the whole world is against him. When Keegan sees Tiff's Uncle Jack, who's in the police force, he launches a tirade about how bigoted he reckons the Met is, says our spy. The pain he feels comes spilling out and everyone is shocked by the depth of his anger. Mitch feels bad for his son and tries to distract Keegan by offering to help him apply for his business loan. Well, angry and despondent, Keegan find a way to challenge the racism in a manner that doesn't land him in bother.
2: If you are blind or partially sighted, or know somebody who is, they may be eligible to receive a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio, where our daily podcasts are available. To qualify for a free permanent loan from BWBF, you need to be resident in the UK, registered blind or partially sighted, over the age of 8, and in receipt of a means-tested benefit, or have a parent or guardian in receipt if you are under 18. If you think you qualify, you can find your local agent at www.blind.org.uk and remember, when setting up the player, ask for the Q&Review channels. Now, back to the main programme.
0: EastEnders BBC One Friday. Will Whitney get bail? Grey leads the case for her defence, but cracks under pressure. Whitney's prison nightmare looks set to continue if she has refused bail this week as her fate rest with solicitor Grey to convince the judge that Whit's not a flight risk. However, as the pressure mounts on the pair of them, with detained Whitney struggling to stay positive and hot-headed Grey battling to control his own demons, the chances of her returning home to Walford are slim. Grey has done a fine job of dispatching legal advice and swanning about in his sharp suits since moving to Albert Square, But now that the future of one of his neighbours is in jeopardy, he's under pressure to get a result in court, points out our EastEnders insider. As for Whitney, the reality of her situation has really begun to hit home and she can't face another night in jail. Despite his initial misgivings, Grey agreed to take Whitney's case on after she confessed to stabbing stalker Leo King in Dot's kitchen. Whitney's actions were in self-defence, but legal professional Grey clearly has his reservations over whether the courts will see things that way. After visiting his client and seeing what a terrible state she's in, Grey lies to Tiffany about how Whit is doing, while secretly panicking that he's fighting a lost cause. Meanwhile, Chantelle can see that the pressure is really getting to him, yet when she tries to support her husband, Volatile Grey doesn't respond well to being fussed over, exploding at his wife and grabbing her, before announcing that he's dropping Whitney's case. Grey can't stand the idea of people thinking he's a failure if he can't secure Whitney's acquittal, explains our source, and who could be set to bear the brunt of his frustrations? Long-suffering Chantelle, of course. It's not just Whitney's legal drama that Grey is managing. He's also representing Kush, who is in hot water after accidentally shoving Leo over a balcony prior to his death. Grey's boss at his law firm urges him to persuade Kush to plead guilty. However, the news doesn't go down well with Kat when she finds out. But when Grey insists that it might be their best chance of helping Whitney, Kush is torn over what to do. As Grey subtly sows seeds of doubt in Cushy's mind when they head to court, what will he plead? Meanwhile, Whitney prepares for her own hearing as she hopes to be granted bail. The tension is palpable as Whit's loved ones wait anxiously outside the court, leaving Grey on edge as he realises all eyes are on him to deliver. Can he secure Whit's release, or will the judge send her straight back to jail? Eastenders BBC One Thursday. Brave Linda fights back. She's made Mick a promise and she intends to keep it. The troubled Carters start to resemble the happy family they used to be this week, as alcoholic Linda makes good progress with her decision to quit drinking. After nearly losing her life during the party boat disaster, Linda bravely admitted to husband Mick that she has a serious issue with booze, and has promised to fight her addiction to drink. So when the couple find out their son Ollie has won second place in a competition at school, thanks to a costume that Linda made for him, it really lifts their spirits. It's about time Mick and Linda had some good news, beams our Wolford insider. Linda's alcoholism has pushed their marriage to the brink and almost resulted in them getting divorced. But it was poor Ollie who suffered the most, so the fact that he's now flourishing at school is definitely reason to celebrate. It's a sticky moment for Linda later in the week when Tina stumbles upon her with her stash of booze and worries that she's fallen off the wagon. Thankfully, Linda is finally throwing out her wine bottles for good, and Mick couldn't be more delighted. All Mick has wanted is to help Linda through this, she is our spy, so the fact that she's now ready to help herself is music to his ears, and he intends to be by his wife's side every step of the way. Is the troubled landlady finally on the road to recovery? EastEnders BBC One Thursday. Jay's blown away. There's a shock in store for Jay this week as he tries to cheer up Lola and Ben's daughter, Lexi. When he tells Lola he's planned a family afternoon for them all to enjoy, he's thrown by his girlfriend's unexpected response. But while he struggles to take in her words, Jay doesn't flinch in urging Ben to spend time with his little girl, and he's also called upon to support Sharon as she prepares to lay her son Denny to rest. However, as Lola later makes a big decision that will have a major impact on her and Jay's relationship, how will he react? EastEnders BBC One Tuesday. Jean rumbles Suki. She spots some flaws in the faker's fibs. As manipulative Suki continues to pretend that she is dying from cancer this week, genuine patient Jean edges closer closer to exposing her deception. Since arriving in the squale, sneaky Suki has been getting friendly with Jean, picking up tips for the right sort of things to say and do. Her performance so far has been convincing enough, but her mask may be starting to slip as she loses track of some of the specifics. When she bumps into Jean, Suki raises some suspicions, leaving Jean determined to find out the truth. Her erratic behaviour prompts Paul Shirley to worry that Jean could be off her meds again. However, soon Shirley herself is sceptical of Suki's cancer claims. Can the two friends work together and uncover the true story about what Suki is up to? And totally true facts about Danielle Harold. Your inside soap briefing on the woman behind EastEnders' Lola. Number one. Danielle Amy Louise Harold was born on the 30th of May 1992 in South London. The star struggled at school, gaining just one GCSE. I used to bunk off a lot, she shares. I didn't understand maths and English and was more into drama and sports. I fell ill during year 10 and was in and out of hospital. At that point, I gave up and didn't try with GCSEs. Number two. After school, Danielle worked as a waitress before taking part in Jamie's Dream School in 2011. The show enrolled struggling teens on courses taught by celebrity specialists, such as historian Dr David Starkey and actor Simon Callow. It was either continue waitressing or do the show, reveals Danielle. I worried quitting my job would be a mistake, but it turned out to be the best decision I've ever made. Jamie was lovely. The actress thrived on the show and even won a scholarship. Number three. Danielle joined EastEnders in 2011 as Lola Pierce, the granddaughter of Billy. Lola started off as a troublemaker, even stealing her granddad's wallet at one point. She later fell pregnant after a one-night stand with her gay cousin Ben and gave birth to daughter Lexi. Danielle left the show in 2015 but returned in 2019. It was my first job and I was terrified, admits the star on taking on the role, but it was just amazing. Number 4. Danielle brushed shoulders with Hollywood stars while attending the glitzy 2018 Cannes Film Festival. It was one of the best experiences. I was in a queue to get an ice cream and Uma Thurman was in front of me, begins Danielle. She dropped her wallet and I picked it up and gave it back to her. I also saw an anniversary screening of Grease. I was dying as Grease is one of my favourite films. John Travolta spoke to the audience and I ended up touching his hand. Number five. Danielle has always been tight-lipped about her love life, but in 2017 she was rumoured to be dating X Factor and Love Island star Luke White. The pair were pictured together numerous times, but it seems that she is now single. Number six, between her Walford stints, Danielle has enjoyed movie roles. In 2017, she was in Fanged Up, a tale about a group of people who try, who break out of prison during a zombie apocalypse. The star attended the Fright Fest Film Festival, covered in fake blood, to promote the film. Following year, Danielle starred in the thriller Two Graves alongside ex-East Ender Katie Jarvis, who played Hayley Slater. Number seven. Danielle is one of the five British soap actresses to pl- to perform a labour scene live. Lola gave birth during an Olympic-themed episode of EastEnders in 2012, which also saw Billy carry the Olympic torch. It was the best day. The buzz on set was amazing, grins Danielle. But I didn't see the torch... I was stuck in the chicken shop with my legs open. I had Anne Mitchell, who played Cora Cross, looking in my legs for two days during rehearsals. Number eight. Viewers and critics have praised Danielle's performance as Lola. In 2012, she won Best Newcomer from TV Times and the All About Soap Best Baby Drama Award in 2013. The same year, she was also shortlisted for two Inside Soap Awards and a British Soap Award in 2014. Number nine. Danielle is addicted to caffeine and tells us that her habit hasn't gone unnoticed by her colleagues. I drink about three Red Bulls a day, laughs the actress. I'm renowned for it on the East set, although I know it's really bad for me. Number ten, despite her good looks and crop of platinum hair, Danielle was in disbelief when she was nominated for sexiest actress at the 2014 British Soap Awards. I get a lot of attention as my hair's so bright. I'm like a human light bulb, laughs the star. I'm not sexy at all. It was so embarrassing. At work, I can't get my nails or hair done, and my roots are down to my ears. So when I heard I'd been nominated, I just laughed. Inside Soap,
1: issue number nine, from the 29th of February to the 6th of March 2020. Casualty, BBC One Saturday, Mates Before Dates. Jade grows increasingly frustrated with flatmate Marty this week as he asks her to cover for him so he can go on an online date. Having failed to come home the previous night, Marty arrives at work hangover and is vague about what he's been up to when Jade quizzes him. However, he's quick to ask if she can help him out, as he sneaks off to meet yet another guy who's caught his eye on a dating app, leaving Jade furious. But when Marty slopes off to meet up with his date, Will this guy turn out to be the man of his dreams? Inside Soap issue number 9 from the 29th of February to the 6th of March 2020 Home and Away Channel 5 Tuesday Ryder's Arrested The lad is charged for the sex tape scandal Ryder's world falls apart this week after he is arrested and charged with a sex offence The teenager is stunned to be questioned by police about a sex tape of him and Jade that went viral and insists that he had no idea that their romp was even being filmed. The penny soon drops that Jade has set him up after he'd her into the cops for stealing money from Salt and the poor lad is left heartbroken when his former girlfriend shows no remorse for what she's done. As well as worrying about the fact that all his loved ones may have seen the footage, Ryder is also devastated when Mackenzie informs him that she's given Jade her job back at Salt, while Ryder remains sacked. And after he's formally charged with uploading the video, Ryder is at rock bottom, as it appears that even his good friends believe Jade's lies. Can Ryder do anything to prove his innocence, or is he set to pay the price for falling for the wrong girl?
0: Emmerdale, ITV, Thursday. Marlon disowns the Dingles. It's no more Mr Nice Guy as he discovers the truth. Furious Marlon tells the Dingles that they are dead to him this week after finding out the shocking truth about his time in prison. In the aftermath of his release, Marlon is struggling to fit back into normal life, especially given the injustice of his imprisonment. So things are already bad this week when he discovers April is being bullied because of her murderer dad. But when Rona reveals that Charity sat on evidence that could have secured his release, Marlon is apoplectic with rage. What Charity and Ryan have done is pretty bad, but Marlon overreacts massively, shares Mark Charnock, who plays the angry chef. He knows that if they had just come forward and been straight with the police, it would have proved that there were other people who could have murdered Graham and he would have got out. Marlon really goes after Charity. Marlon's anger is understandable, but worse is to come when he hears from Rona that Kim hired a hitman and that Al was implicated, leading to another blow-up. He goes over to confront Al and punches him, and as Marlon tells Ellis to get the police, yet another relationship breaks down. Marlon is really close to Ellis and treats him like a proper stepson, but Ellis chickens out because he doesn't want to report his dad to the police, shares Mark. So Marlon kicks him out, and when Billy tries to defend Ellis, Marlon kicks him out too. In a way, what Marlon is doing is getting rid of anybody in his circle apart from his children, who he wants to focus on. Even Mandy, who's been a rock for Marlon in April, will feel his wrath. The stress levels build and build with Mandy, explains Mark. She's invited a reporter to the village for Marlon's release, so while he's trying to be reunited with April, there's this journalist in his face. Mandy did it to get money and Marlon can't believe what she's done. Fed up with his family's behaviour, Marlon marches into the wolf pack to tell them he's done with them. I don't think Marlon realises how much he needs them, warns Mark, but the dingle ethos is that you have each other's backs and they didn't. Marlon believes they've broken the code. I love all the shouting. Marlon's misery is mounting but his alter ego Mark is having a ball. Hi Mark. Marlon is in a bad place, isn't he? He's broken. He's like a firecracker that's gone off and now he's very damaged. The consequences are going to be really interesting in the late spring. There's some great stuff coming up. I'm really excited. Are you enjoying these big dramatic scenes? Yes, they're brilliant. I love all the shouting. There have been some belting speeches where I really go off at people and then some tender stuff with April. The rug has been pulled from under his life and Marlon is creating a distance between himself and other people wherever he goes. Are you touched by the fan reaction to Marlon being in prison? Yes. I mean, Twitter's been amazing, but out on the street as well. Everywhere I get, what are you doing here? Why Shouldn't you be in your cell? Out on day release, I get a lot of that. It's obvious people have been watching it and connected with it. It's really sweet. Emmerdale, ITV, Thursday. The wrong arm of the law. Mysterious D.I. Malone is on Cain and Will's case. As Will's daughter Dawn delights in the news that she's to get full custody of her son Lucas this week, there's barely time for celebrations before disaster strikes. Will is left with a major problem when the police inform Kane of new forensic evidence concerning the gun used to shoot Nate, which was lent to him by Will. And as Kane and Will meet up to plan their next move, they're already being spied on by eagle-eyed newcomer D.I. Malone. Emmerdale has already revealed that Malone is to to become a major character over the coming weeks, so what will his arrival mean for Will and Kane? This gun looks as if it would lead to even more trouble, says Erdale's insider. Moira learns that the police have unearthed further evidence relating to the gun, and she's forced to admit that it's buried at the top of Butler's farm. All Kane cares about is keeping himself out of the frame. It might already be too late for that, though, because while he and Will discuss the urgent matter, they're being watched. In a car parked not far away from the pair, Detective Malone is secretly observing the scene, but neither Kane nor Will is aware of his presence. Later, Will isn't happy when P.C. Swirling arrives to question him, but worse is to come once D.I. Malone turns up to join his colleague in the task. Will is a convicted gangster, and with that kind of form, no wonder the police want to talk to him after one of his neighbours is shot, mutters our sneak. He's well used to dealing with police questions however and is determined to keep his involvement under wraps at all costs but when D.I. Malone appears there's a definite change in Will's steely demeanour. Will is very clearly shaken by the unexpected arrival of the senior officer and the situation turns sinister as D.I. Malone takes over the questioning with a definite air of menace but how do the two men know one another and why is Will so afraid of him? Emmerdale ITV Thursday Marlon disowns the Dingles it's no more Mr Nice Guy as he discovers the truth. Furious Marlin tells the Dingles that they are dead to him this week after finding out the shocking truth about his time in prison. In the aftermath of his release, Marlin is struggling to fit back into normal life, especially given the injustice of his imprisonment. So things are already bad this week when he discovers April is being bullied because of her murderer dad. But when Rona reveals that Charity sat on evidence that could have secured his release, Marlon is apoplectic with rage. What Charity and Ryan have done is pretty bad, but Marlon overreacts massively, shares Mark Charnock, who plays the angry chef. He knows that if they had just come forward and been straight with the police, it would have proved that there were other people who could have murdered Graham and he would have got out. Marlon really goes after Charity. Marlon's anger is understandable, but worse is to come when he hears from Rona that Kim hired a hitman and that Al was implicated, leading to another blow-up. He goes over to confront Al and punches him, and as Marlon tells Ellis to get the police, yet another relationship breaks down. Marlon is really close to Ellis and treats him like a proper stepson, but Ellis chickens out because he doesn't want to report his dad to the police, shares Mark. So Marlon kicks him out, and when Billy tries to defend Ellis, Marlon kicks him out too. In a way, what Marlon is doing is getting rid of anybody in his circle apart from his children, who he wants to focus on. Even Mandy, who's been a rock for Marlon in April, will feel his wrath. The stress levels build and build with Mandy, explains Mark. She's invited a reporter to the village for Marlon's release, so while he's trying to be reunited with April, there's this journalist in his face. Mandy did it to get money and Marlon can't believe what she's done. Fed up with his family's behaviour, Marlon marches into the wolf pack to tell them he's done with them. I don't think Marlon realises how much he needs them, warns Mark, but the dingle ethos is that you have each other's backs and they didn't. Marlon believes they've broken the code. I love all the shouting. Marlon's misery is mounting, but his alter ego Mark is having a ball. Hi Mark. Marlon is in a bad place, isn't he? He's broken. He's like a firecracker that's gone off and now he's very damaged. The consequences are going to be really interesting in the late spring. There's some great stuff coming up. I'm really excited. Are you enjoying these big dramatic scenes? Yes, they're brilliant. I love all the shouting. There have been some belting speeches where I really go off at people and then some tender stuff with April. The Rook has been pulled from under his life and Marlon is creating a distance between himself and other people wherever he goes. Are you touched by the fan reaction to Marlon being in prison? Yes. I mean, Twitter's been amazing, but out on the street as well. Everywhere I get, what are you doing here? Why shouldn't you be in your cell? Out on day release, I get a lot of that. It's obvious people have been watching it and connected with it. It's really sweet. Emmerdale, IDV, Thursday. Come away with me. Nate's mum invites him to leave. Nate has a big decision to make this week when his mum Cara invites him to leave the village with her. But will he decide a fresh start is what he needs? Jurel Carter, who plays him, mulls it over. Hello Jurel. So how is Nate feeling about Cara being in the village now? They're trying to understand one another's actions and they're finally on the way to building their relationship. Cara's presence is giving Nate a comfort away from home. But Cara's a bit mean to Nate's girlfriend Tracy. Yes, but there's no bad blood, really. It's because Nate is Cara's baby boy. It's a situation quite common with overprotective mums. Tracy's actually very understanding, considering. Nate's a player and doesn't really stick with one girl, so he must see something special in Tracy. He's attracted to strong characters and family oriented people, and he likes that she's cheeky. When Cara asks Nate to go off with her, is he tempted? Well, Nate has a lot to keep him in the village, a hell of a lot he's starting to develop a relationship with the Dingles now and then there's Tracy too and he also has his own business. Are you enjoying working with former Family Affairs star Carol Thomas who plays Cara? She's an amazing actress and such a great person with a genuine heart. I like to call her mumsy on set.
2: Cue and Review Prince Speaking to the Blind are a charity based in Bishop Briggs. We're currently looking to recruit volunteer access to audio ambassadors in eastern Bartonshire to place leaflets and business cards at businesses, shops and amenities in the area and to show the public how to listen to daily and weekly online articles from The Herald Scotland, Evening Times, The National and Inside Soap magazine for free. If you would like to volunteer and become an access to audio ambassador, please contact Michael Rankin on 0141 772 3976 or email a-a-a-t-l at qandreview.com. That's triple-a-t-l at qandreview.com. In addition, we are also recruiting for volunteer readers and technicians. If you're interested in reading or technically supporting a recording team, please contact us on 0141 772 3976, or email information at qandreview.com details of all of our volunteering opportunities are available on our website at cureandreview.com. Thank you. Now, back to the main programme.
0: Emmerdale ITV Thursday. Back to the future. Victoria's left feeling uncomfortable this week when Wendy refers to herself as ha- little Harry's nana. With Newman Victoria still finding it difficult to bond with Wendy, the mother of her rapist and Harry's late father Lee, this confident declaration proves tricky for Vic to swallow. However, it seems that the two women might be making progress when Victoria later allows Wendy to babysit Harry while she meets up with Luke for a date. But as her liaison with Luke turns steamy and proves an unwelcome reminder of Vic's ordeal with Lee, will her truce with Wendy and burgeoning romance be short-lived? Emmerdale ITV Thursday, Liam's love blunder. Liam and Layla's blossoming romance runs into trouble this week after the foolish medic makes a faux pas. Liam buys his new girlfriend a gym membership for her birthday, with no clue as to why she might feel a little insulted by the gesture. It's fair to say that Leila's not a happy bunny, let alone a happy gym bunny, when she receives her gift. Is Leila set to make Liam sweat as he tries to save their fledgling relationship? Emmerdale ITV Tuesday. Vanessa's tough. She's getting out and living. As viewers viewers reel from Vanessa's cancer diagnosis, Dale star Michelle Hardwick reckons her character will come out fighting. I've known about this storyline for quite a while, I just didn't know when it was going to be played out on screen, explains Emmerdale star Michelle Hardwick as she joins Inside Soap for a chat about her character Vanessa's cancer diagnosis. When Jane Hudson first arrived as executive producer of Emmerdale, there were a few stories she wanted to do and one of them was Vanessa's cancer. She wanted to show a relatively young mum just going about her normal business when she suddenly gets struck down. But while Michelle has had plenty of time to get her head around Vanessa's illness, it came as a bolt from the blue for us poor viewers. The first we heard of it was when Wicked Pierce listened to a message from the hospital on Vanessa's phone while he was holding her captive, and it certainly left fans of Vanessa's romance with charity reeling. It was a massive curveball, wasn't it? muses Michelle. It does come out of nowhere. I think the way the viewers found out was was really shocking. I don't generally look on social media when stuff like that happens on screen, though. I look when Emmerdale wins awards and things that are just more light-hearted. It's not just viewers who are finding it hard to take in the news that their beloved vanity are facing this huge hurdle, however. Charity herself is also struggling with the bombshell. She'd only just got Vanessa back from Pierce's clutches when she was dealt this devastating blow and in typical Charity fashion, she's burying her head in the sand. The reason Vanessa didn't confide in Charity to begin with is because she thought she would run a mile, Michelle reminds us. She was scared of her reaction and it's not until Manpreet points out that Vanessa can't do this on her own that she finally tells Charity the truth. Charity's reaction is everything that Vanessa fears. She just panics, adds the star. Charity keeps her distance from Vanessa, which only makes her feel more alone than ever. She just wants Charity to tell her that they can get through this together. Having known about this storyline for so long, Michelle has had plenty of time to do research. And she tells us that it's been really useful as she's thrown herself headfirst into filming. We've had conference calls, spoken to Charities, and I've been talking to an expert called Professor Mark, she tells us. He was telling me all about the symptoms and how people react when they're told they have cancer. It's interesting, actually, as he said that it's generally the people around the patient that cry more, whereas the person it's happening to is often more stoic. That's how I'm playing Vanessa. She's being strong for everyone else. It's the people around her who are breaking down. I was also interested to know whether Vanessa could carry on with her work as a vet, continues Michelle. She can't go near the animals in case she gets an infection, but she's okay to do light duties. Michelle doesn't know yet what her character's prognosis will be, although she does tell us that Vanessa will be undergoing treatment soon on screen, and as you'd expect, she won't be wallowing in self-pity. Vanessa's tough, so she's just getting on with things, Reckon Michelle. In the scenes I filmed recently, she's been like, come on Rona, we're going out like we used to at uni. Rather than sitting around in her dressing gown and waiting for it all to happen, she's getting out there and living her life. I've been chatting to some people who are going through this, and it's been a real eye-opener for me, she adds. I was so nervous and excited about doing this storyline, so I just hope that i do it justice. Know the symptoms. Seek help if you're worried about bowel cancer. Although we never saw Vanessa investigating her symptoms on screen, the clues were there. Michelle gives us a rundown of things that people should look out for, and seek advice from their GP about if they're worried. Vanessa was tired and losing a bit of weight, explains Michelle. She had pains in her tummy and was bloated, but she was just putting it down to IBS or maybe a gluten intolerance. It wasn't until she noticed the blood in her stools that she made an appointment to speak to Manpreet. At that point, Manpreet was the only one who knew what Vanessa was going through, she adds. She sent her for tests at the hospital, which is when Vanessa then found out she had cancer. Help and advice can be found at www.bowelcanceruk.org. UK. Inside
1: Soap, issue number 9, from the 29th of February to the 6th of March, 2020. Doctors, BBC One Monday. The secret's safe. Daniel and Zara are determined to keep the romantic reunion hidden from friends and colleagues this week, but the clock is ticking on the pair's saucy secret. Convinced that they can keep everyone fooled if they carry on arguing in public, the sneaky couple steal moments of clandestine passion between their faked fallouts. However, outraged that her co-workers won't stop rowing, exasperated Emma looks set to catch them in the act. Can Daniel and Zara continue to fobber off?
0: What happens when? Your entire soap week at a glance. EastEnders. Monday the 2nd of March, Keegan and Tiffany realise they've been burgled. Grey tells Chantelle that he's decided to drop Whitney's case and Bex tells her parents about her plans to go travelling. Thursday the 5th of March, Grey advises Cush to plead guilty but Kat isn't best pleased. Jay plans a family outing as Lola drops a major bombshell and Dottie is shocked when she hears a voicemail from Dennis. Friday the 6th of March, the day of Whitney's bail hearing arrives, what will be the outcome? Sharon is in need of support as Dennis's funeral arrives, and Sonia remains adamant that Bex shouldn't leave Walford. This is a one hour episode. Sneak peek at next week. Jean grows more determined to prove that she's right. How will Lola react when Jay plans a romantic gesture? And Grey continues to struggle under the stress of Whitney's case. Coronation Street, Monday the 2nd of March, two episodes tonight. Daniel leaves Sinead's belongings in bin bags on Beth's doorstep. Sarah arrives for her wedding with her bridesmaids in tow. Daniel delivers his speech but ends up breaking down. Wednesday the 4th of March, two episodes tonight. Drunken Daniel proposes to Bethany with Sinead's ring. Jade thanks Tyrone for her gift and makes a pass at him. Bethany realises that it's time for her to leave Weatherfield. Friday the 6th of March, one hour episode. Nina opts to go bat watching with Roy over going to a gig. Aggie is anxious as her first day back to nursing arrives, and Gary goes to Ryan to speak to seek answers about Maria and Ali. Sneak peek at next week. The feud between Gary and Ali grows dangerous. Alia has a realisation about Jeff, what has she discovered? And Aggie worries about James when he lies about his sexuality. Emmerdale, Monday the second of March. Distressed April receives a nasty text from the school bully. Tracy is hurt when Nate's mum, Cara, is short with her, and Chaz offers Billy a job at the scrapyard to cover for Aaron. Tuesday, the 3rd of March, Cara resolves to, buy, to try to build bridges with Tracy. Marlon feels guilty when he realises April is being bullied, and Billy is determined to impress Sam as he starts his new job. Wednesday the 4th of March, the Dingles are horrified to find out that Charity had evidence and Marlon's further floored by another revelation about Kim. Tracy is pleased that Cara apologises for her behaviour. Thursday the 5th of March, two episodes tonight. Dawn is overjoyed to hear she's getting custody of Lucas. Cara asks Nate to leave the village with her and Kane and Will are oblivious that they're being watched. Friday the 6th of March. Victoria is horrified when she's reminded of Lee with Luke. Bear Wolf halts Bob's plans to try to get closer to Wendy. And Will is tormented by his previous actions. Sneak peek at next week. Charity panics when Tracy organises a party for Vanessa. Kane makes an enemy that he might not be able to shake off. And how will Jay react when Laurel makes a shocking confession? Hollyoaks, Monday the 2nd of March. Guilty Diane confesses to Leela that she's had an affair. Darren forgets to advertise his comedy lunch at the hutch and Edward comes to Marnie's rescue at the Salon de thé. Tuesday, the 3rd of March, Darren decides to take Tony to the loft for a boys' night out. Marnie and Goldie are impressed by Edward's performance and Edward tells Marnie he's not looking for a relationship. Wednesday, the 4th of March, Edward tells Verity that he plans to steal Diane away from Tony. Nancy is livid when Darren forgets to pick Oscar up. Toby and Celeste are still no closer to finding out the truth. Thursday the 5th of March. Edward decides to use Marnie to make Diane jealous. Darren tries to make things up to Oscar but Nancy is worried. And When Lisa gets a sad reminder of Louis, Toby takes an opportunity. Friday the 6th of March. Toby is left to undertake damage control with Lisa after yesterday and Celeste is distracted by young Romeo. Yaz tells Tom that she's self-conscious about her hearing aids. Sneak peek at next week. Mitchell celebrates his birthday but will Toby ruin the day? Juliet is intrigued when Jordan asks for, for her help at the school and Liam threatens to take down Mercedes once and for all. Neighbours. Monday the 2nd of March. Chloe gives Ellie an idea on how to celebrate her birthday, a glamping trip to Pierce's private island. Will she agree? Therese gets Paige and Ellie to dress up as brides for the expo. Tuesday the 3rd of March, Finn tells B to pull out of her gig at the waterhole. Chloe and Aaron push Mark B to spend more time with Paige, and Paul gets a lead on Jane's catfish after talking to Yashfe. Wednesday the 4th of March, Paul finally finds the catch the catfish. It's Mannix, back for revenge. Tody is struggling on the anniversary of Sonia's death. Mark B and Paige arrange to meet, but she doesn't show. Thursday the 5th of March, Toadie is touched by his family's support at this tough time. Prue arrives and tells Harlow that she's left the order. Hendricks doesn't know how to act around Harlow after their kiss. Friday the 6th of March, everyone is shocked that Gary and Prue are engaged. Finn reveals that he's regained even more of his memories, and Lucy is worried that Mark G is still too tied to the priesthood. Sneak peek at next week. Hendricks and Harlow confront each other about their feelings. Gary and Kyle continue to fall out over Gary's engagement and one relationship hits the rocks as another blossoms. Home and Away, Monday the 2nd of March. After Robbo's discovery, he and Yasmin are feeling vulnerable. Ryder is puzzled when he finds the sex tape on his phone and it gets worse for Ryder as Colby comes to arrest him. Tuesday the third of March, Ryder is charged with uploading the sex tape of him and Jade. Colby becomes suspicious of Bella and her illness. Tori tells Justin she wants to discharge herself and come home. Wednesday the fourth of March, Tori is living is loving her first night at home with sleepless Grace. Maggie is anxious about going for her one year cancer checkup. At the hospital lives are in danger as armed men storm the place. Thursday, the fifth of March, Bella and Mackenzie take refuge together at the hospital. Robo ignores Colby's call as he waits to interrogate Des, and John realizes Marilyn is one of the hostages in the hospital. Friday, the sixth of March, Mason creates a diversion and tries to get the hostages out, but as some of them escape, someone still inside is shot. Yasmin realizes that her bodyguard has betrayed her. Sneak peek at next week: Colby and Dean go rogue and enter the hospital. Robo finds out he's in trouble, but has he realised too late? Upon their return, Alf has a very important question for Martha.